from AM and FM stations around the country. Welcome to the Small Business Administration award-winning School for Startups Radio, where we talk all things small business and entrepreneurship. Now, here is your host, the guy that believes anyone can be a successful entrepreneur because entrepreneurship is not about creativity, risk, or passion, Jim Beach. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting edition of School for Startups Radio, it is Thursday, the 22nd of February, and I hope you're having a great week, getting some stuff done, making some sales, growing the business, just generally out there making a million dollars. It's Thursday, so as always, we have Wayne Elliott with us today. You remember Wayne, an amazing career in the environmental space. He has taken millions and millions of dollars of old beat-up ships and recycled those and reduced them back to the environmentally friendly products. And even more importantly, 30 years before there was legislation requiring it, he was out collecting lithium batteries from your phones and all of those things and recycling those 30 years before the rest of the world. Uh, It's an amazing, an amazing story of someone out there making money and at the same time, taking care of the environment. He's also been involved in Strauss Naturals, who is an incredible sponsor of the show. We appreciate that. He was saved by Strauss. He talks about uh, being at the age of 35 and having a heart attack and meeting the formulator, uh, Mr. Strauss, and learning all about the products and how they could save you. And he has been telling me some of those stories and we'll have some of those stories coming up here on the air soon. But anyway, he's now 70 had his birthday on a week or so ago on Valentine's day. And so obviously the products are working. And so anyway, we have been talking to him every week today. We're going to talk about the six habits of successful people and how to run a staff and team and how to make your staff like you and stick with you during the hard times and the good times. So anyway, welcome back to the show, Wayne. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks, Jim. How are you doing? I am very well. I'm excited today. We're going to dive into some, a couple of issues in a little more depth. And we wanted to start with the six habits of highly intelligent people, people with high IQs, where does this information come from? I came from some very interesting writings uh, that I was reading. And uh, the first thing that came up for me is that, first of all, these six habits are just very good habits for everyone, regardless of what you do, your lot in life. They really are, are very good habits. But I sure think that they should be... Uh, especially for all entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs considering what they're going to do in a business, uh, regardless of their IQ, you know? So, uh, I thought it was just great. That's just, uh, I just agree with it so much, Jim. I had to, I had to bring it up. All right. Well, let's dive in. Give me number one. Can I, can I start? Uh, number one, 
talk to yourself. You know, we joke around that, geez, he's not, he's talking to himself, but you, you'll actually be able to think better, solve problems better. I do it. I do it a fair bit, and it helps. Sometimes, when it comes to uh, some things, I'll talk to my dead father, and uh, what I do is think of what he'd say. Um, it, it definitely helps to talk to yourself. If you're alone in the car or something, out in the golf course, a lot of us talk to ourselves up there, but uh, it really works. Number two. Well, wait, I, like we some have some follow-up, Wayne. When you talk to yourself, do you talk out yep. loud or do you just do it mentally? And also, is it two-sided or do you say, this is what dad would think right now. I know dad would tell me to get off my ass and quit bitching. Or do you go, oh, dad, this is dad. Ah, oh, quit bitching, Wayne. All you do, Wayne, is sit around and bitch. What, what does it look like? <laughs> well, no, I... I uh... You know, my dad was a very smart man, uneducated, not educated at all. He got thrown out of school in the ninth grade, and uh, uh, but an entrepreneur all his life—that's for sure. And uh, no, so it's just—it's just a way of me thinking and recalling what would he. I don't do this every time, of course, Jim. But uh, what would he say, likely? Uh, but it, what it really does is give you a chance to reflect. The more time that you think to get, the more time that you have to spend uh, looking at something with with focus, with your attention, not bobbing all over the place with your attention, but with your focused attention. The more time, the better. And uh, I've found I've I've always talked to myself, and sometimes it's silently in my head. I guess most of the time. And other times I actually speak the, the words, Jim. It, uh, it's always helped. So that's number one. You're not nuts. <clears throat> you can think, you're able to think better, solve problems easier. All right, number, uh, number two. Number two, you have to like solitude. Like solitude. Need some time alone uh, because it lets you think deeply and learn more about yourself. Self-awareness, of course, helps us. This isn't their words. I'm saying self-awareness helps us know how we are and how we are not our identities. We all have identities, right? From victim to victimizer to warrior to helper. We all have these identities. We're not our identities. Sometimes we can, we can think we are. So knowing yourself... Self-awareness. What's your identity? Allows you to... Uh, number one is the warrior. And I never served in the service. I did play football, baseball. Uh, I worked when I was real young. Actually, when I was underage, I worked with some of the other fellows, a couple other football players, and actually the, the heavy weightlifting champion of Canada, a fellow that worked the door. I worked as a bouncer there part-time for a few years. It was just part-time. I was always full-time at something else, the Dairy Queen in those days. But it was fun, and you got to hang out with the fellows and a scuffle here and there. And uh, so, But anyway, like, liking solitude, uh, 
knowing yourself and, you know, the, so that you can act in your own best interest to achieve what you want, to achieve your goal. You don't, there's been times in the past, Jim, before I had some self-awareness training that I blew it. I took it right to the five-yard line, hands down. They were amazed at what we did for the steel mill. And then I let my warrior come out when it had no business coming out and uh, flubbed probably the biggest deal of uh, so far of my career that would have been. So, What deal was that? Keep your identity where they belong. If you got a warrior, pardon me? What deal was that? Tell me, How did you what kill the deal? deal? Tell that story. Jeez. <laughs> Well, after I solved several very big problems for them, including illustrating to them how they could avoid going into receivership, going into failure at the next 90-day reporting period on, on Wall Street, they have 90-day life cycles on Wall Street. So if they reported a loss at that next reporting day, they would be going into receivership for the third time. So in a couple of hours, I found enough home scrap, their own rejects on site to run their furnaces, disqualified two products they shouldn't have been buying, and uh, told them how they could put everything they wanted through the furnace. All the products and byproducts they wanted, they could do it, and here's how. And the secret to that part, which was their biggest part, was that I was a crane operator as well. That was the whole key. I asked them after four years of meetings with high-level people, did you ever have a crane operator on the meeting? They said, no. I said, well, there's just something to learn for the future. That was the key for me figuring this out for you is that I am a crane operator. I've run magnet cranes and grapple cranes, fed scrap, loaded scrap. So that's what you were missing and told them how to do it. And he asked me what I wanted. I said, I want to supply all your scrap, outside scrap. And I want to handle all your byproducts. And he said, oh, this is embarrassing, Jim. So Good. I, I can't wait to hear. Talk about blowing it for yourself. Listen here. Yeah. Uh, he said, Wayne, I just can't hand it to you on a silver platter. And I said, you should get it clear. You don't have a silver platter right now. You got a tin cup. Now, I guess that would go down as the dumbest thing I've ever said to a prospective huge customer. But uh, that set the tone. And even though I still had an opportunity, I couldn't put it together anyway. And then that was that. But that's what I mean. Just because my main character, for some reason, is a warrior... Uh, I had to know when to leave him quiet. He had no place. Had no place in that meeting. The man was simply telling me, I just can't just hand over everything, you know. And that was my dumb response. So, you know, knowing ourselves is a real good thing. And then we can act in our own best interest to achieve what we're trying to do to get our goal. That is a great point and well said. We need to take a break. We will be right back. Bye, bye, bye. 
for Startups Radio hopes you will reach out to us if you have any questions or comments, or if you need help with your business at any stage, from concepts to exit. Jim accepts all connections on LinkedIn. He tweets from at Entrepreneur Jim, and he responds to emails at james.beach at att.net. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. We are back. Wayne, before the break, we were talking about liking solitude. That's very different from being an introvert, what you're talking about, though, right? Even if you're an extrovert, you're saying you need to have some solitude time. Am I correct on this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Jim, it can, it can be, I consider drive time that time. And I'm lucky to go to one of our facilities, two of our facilities. Uh, they're on the lake. So I can drive the lake shore. And I just find it very peaceful looking at big water. I find it very expansive. I've lived on, on big water for 50 years now. And uh, it's just where I'm the most comfortable and relaxed. So, uh, And that was solitude. I liked it when my phone wouldn't work for the 25-minute drive. And uh, uh, so however you get it, maybe it's early in the morning. Nobody's up. You do a bit of yoga. Another great thing is stretching it, especially for people who are in front of the laptops or at the desk or counter all day. Just nothing better you can do for your health than stretching. And uh, there's just a couple of real simple ones, too, for the back and shoulders that get everybody to get those toothaches in your shoulder. But anyway, solitude, very important. You get to think deeply and learn more about yourself, probably most importantly, how you reacted to certain things and whatnot. Then you can act in your own best interest. Wayne, do you relive moments in the past or do you think about, say you have an important meeting coming up. Do you play that meeting in your head? Do you play games in your head with your history and with what's coming up? Well, you only do that once. Okay. Cause I've had several of those kinds of things in my career where but for my handling of the situation, I would have gotten the business. Uh, and uh, so you only play it through once, maybe twice, in ways you could have handled it, handled it better and still had your hat in the ring for the business. And uh, so, but after that, if you're a good entrepreneur, it's a lesson that you'll never forget. Do I beat myself up about it? Uh, anymore no not at all the money's long gone it's uh uh many years have, have passed and you know you can't you can't let that stuff be an anchor to you it's like getting knocked down in football or falling off your horse it's only two moves stay down or get up and uh business you got to be ready for that one jim you got to be able to get up otherwise you're like a boxer with a soft chin. You're going down. It, it, it's it's uh, you know it's 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 one of the few jobs where most who've started their own business have worked hours. Sometimes many of them but without pay, Jim. They're they're starting from the seat of their pants like I did, and uh, so the only one to pay is you. And uh, boy, it's a tough start. Jim, when I started and, and there was no ships available, and then I was on my own, uh, my dad was gone for almost three years, and no ship breaking. 
and I went in the scrap metal business, just a one truck operation in me. I was, uh, I was three years till I bought a crane for a lifting device. I ha- I hand loaded all the scrap metal. And, uh, so I was in shape, but, uh, you know, talk about being slow, even for those times. I'm the only guy I know that did that in, in, in my day, talking about 50 years ago now. But, uh, yeah, it was a slow starter. I'll give you that. It, uh, then I got my first $5,000 loan from the bank line of credit. I bought an old crane, about a 10-ton Bantam crawler crane, $5,000. And it cost 7500 for the new magnet generator it took to run the magnet. And uh, so I had to make a deal with them to pay them over the course of 10 months. And, and I did a lot of that kind of thing. And because I always paid everyone, I always had credit with them. And then when our company was fortunate, we were flush as far as cash flow goes. We always paid our bills promptly and and uh, uh, sometimes faster if there was a discount. So, you know, uh, that's just that's just behaving as you should in business, in my opinion. If you want to have longevity, is is you operate like that. All right, number so, three, the next Wayne. one, and I love this. Good sense of humor, a good sense of humor, not only to make you more creative, be able to solve problems, but if you enjoy jokes, uh, you know, it's just good for us. First of all, when we smile, we use about five times as many muscles in our face and neck as when we frown. Well, it's good to stretch those muscles. Laughing is really good for us. And of course, it feels great. Who doesn't want to laugh? Uh, It's one of the best things. Oh, dang, I got an airplane going overhead here. Sorry. We can't hear it. Keep going. Okay, pardon me for that. I guess I'm in the line of the airplanes here. Um, So, and the most important of all, I think, Jim, is to be able to laugh at yourself. One day, I walked around my house for over five minutes looking for my phone, and in the meantime, I was on my phone talking to someone. I mean, (laughs) you got a lot you you got to laugh at that stuff. Otherwise, you could, I'd end up getting mad at myself quite often, honestly. Uh, I can be forgetful and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, all the rest of it. So a good sense of humor and don't be afraid to laugh at yourself and laugh at yourself with others. Very disarming. If they, even if they're people that work for you, very disarming when you, you know, make fun of yourself, so to speak. So good sense of humor never hurts, always helps. Wayne, I, uh, my uh, wife, her mother and father were here and the father was starting to get pretty old and needed help and it was time for them to go. So my mother-in-law put father-in-law in the car and then she was about ready to go and she couldn't find the keys, couldn't find the keys. And so we started looking in the house, looked in her purse, got him out of the car so we could look underneath him, put him back in the car. And then she realized the keys were tucked into her bra the entire time. <laughs> It happens. It happens. All right, number four. Uh, uh, number four. Number four is to be open-minded. This is important, really important. And although it does cost money to create new ideas and make whatever it is or buy whatever it is that you're needing, but it's the, it's the path to success. And willing, willingness to consider other and new ideas can help both help solve problems 
and be more creative yourself. Um, if someone else, if you have a certain problem in business, maybe others have it. Maybe there's an opportunity as well as it being a pain in the neck to you. So if you solve your own problem, maybe you can provide the service to others. We did a fair bit of that between asbestos abatement and oil tank cleaning and so forth um, in our in our company. So open-minded. I, I wasn't always. I was, that's for sure. I uh, I wasn't always. I didn't. You really should think expansively if you if you want to have a business and grow it. You should think expansively. I always, I guess, focused pretty hard on the downside and the risk, Jim. And uh, it had to be worth it to me to start again, even though I, I didn't have much anyway. Uh, Define you know, expansively here, Wayne. You say think expansively. Does that mean buy bigger ships or in addition to ships, I need to do cell phone, battery, lithium recycling? What do you mean by expansively? Well, I need more kids. More a, kids. Yeah, well, if you're, let's say you're a, a worry wart, so to speak, or you, you, uh, um, you know, have such resistance to risk or doing anything different or total resistance to change, uh, not going to work out the best for you in business. Um, it, it, you know, it's just, it's just not, um, I forgot your original question, Jim. I'm sorry. Let's move on. No, I was asking what expansively meant to you by, are you talking? Oh, well. Here's a, a business or coming up with whole test. new ideas? Both. But here's a little test for everyone that's thinking, wanting, thinks they want. When you think of a certain idea or you're already in business, now you're thinking of a second location or expanding the one you're in. It should feel expansively to you. You should be able to fill your lungs and, and feel good, basically positive about it as opposed to contracted about it. Like, geez, there's a second staff. That means I could be even needed to fill in at two places at one time. I'm responsible for them. We own them. And so just think expansively. Allow yourself to, because if you think, there's always a reason not to do something, Jim. But if you don't do nothing at any time, well, your your end is predictable, you know, <laughs> You won't have taken any chances at anything and uh, God bless you. Right. But if you're an entrepreneur, obviously you have to have some growth so that at least the owner or owners and the staff make a, make a living, earn money. And, uh, um, so yeah, that open-mindedness ends up as important. My dad used to tell me that you can learn something from anyone and on the TV just then, there was a picture of a man's on the corner sitting down, drinking out of a brown paper bag. My dad pointed to the TV and said, even somebody sitting on the corner drinking out of a brown paper bag, you don't know what he might not teach you. And I found it to be true. I know a lot of homeless people in South Florida. And I met, I should say. It's not like they're over for dinner on Sundays, but I've uh, I, I've known a lot of them. I've fed a lot of them. And... Uh, uh, these people aren't all all addicts and uh, mentally ill. I'll tell you, they're, they're not. Some are just hard on their luck, and they're more intelligent than you might expect. So, anyhow, open minded. All right, number, number five, five, Jim is. 
high observation skills. Uh, the noticing and understanding of things help you to understand the world around you and make better solutions. So high observation, try and absorb what you observe in your own plants, where else you see things. You're in the tire tire shop business. You go into another tire shop once. Notice if they do anything different or better than you. Be observant. I think, again, in, in our lives, it's wise for us to be observant. Be observant of our surroundings. Uh, you're in a parking lot, and, and uh, everyone, ladies, of course, should should just be conscious of their surroundings and uh, uh, this is where robberies and kidnappings and all kinds of things happen so we're better off not just whistling Dixie in our head when we're out in public like that just to be conscious of our surroundings and in the, your business always be on the lookout for a better idea than the one you had and uh, then if you can you implement it number six don't complain about your problems. Instead, focus on producing a solution. It'll help. This virus is going to talk about expansively. This will help you think expansively and make positive solutions. And uh, you can test it when you're thinking of doing something. How does it feel to you? Do you feel constricted, contracted, like tight? Then maybe you should keep thinking about it or look at it again more closely. If it feels expansive and loose, like when you look out over the big Great Lake or over the ocean, over the mountains, uh, then it feels right for you. It's as simple as that. Because we, we know the downsides, at least in our subconscious. Maybe we push them back there. I don't know what we'll do. When you want something and you want to do it, people will tend to either ignore some of the downside or just push it back that... That's a worst-case scenario, and it's not going to happen to me. Well, as I said to you in another show previously, Jim, the better half of my career was studying the downside of everything, everything I did, every new customer. What's a down, another truck, another crane? What's the downside? What's the worst that can happen? What's the payment? What's the this, that? So, uh, but focus on solutions. Think expansively and how it feels to you. And uh, chances are others do have the same problem and creating a solution can produce more opportunities. It's just there's no downside again to that. And, you know, so with those things in mind, I did want to discuss with you staff and management of of a company staff. All right. Today if we had time. We do have time. Um, Let's take a quick break first, though, Wayne, and we'll come right back in just a second. Oh my gosh, I love the opportunity to do this. Thank you, Jim. Wow, that's that's a, that's a great one. You know, that is a phenomenal question. That's a great question, and, and I don't have a great answer. It, that's a great question. Oh, that is such a 
loaded question, and that's actually a really good question. School for Startups Radio. We are back again with Wayne Elliott, who is down in Florida and has called in for our weekly chat. Wayne, love the six habits, and those are all good ones. Some of them are harder than others. I like to complain, though no one likes to listen or no one does listen, so you certainly learn that complaining is a good way to get to number two, your solitude that you were talking about, because as soon as you start complaining, people tend to ditch you. But anyway, staff and team play, you wanted to comment on that? Dive in. Yeah, it's just so important in my opinion. Now, I never had, our companies never had more than, if there was 200 at one time amongst all the yards and divisions, and that was the most there ever was. But um, today, I think it's around 150. Uh, In any event, so it's easier than if it's a big factory with 2,000 workers, I'll agree. But we found it so important that the staff, all staff, knew that they were appreciated, that no job was unimportant or it wouldn't be a job function at the company, and that uh, and how they how important everyone was and how we appreciated it. We backed it up with things like profit sharing and bonuses for this and that, but just had that uh, team relationship with them. And when I wrote to the staff, when I was the chief ticket, uh, I wrote to my teammates. And if, for me, business, Jim, has been just like football. Um, lots of ups and downs and rough and tumble and unfairness and crooks and you name it, you can run into. Um, it's, it's really the same things we go through in life. You know? So uh, it's just a... It's just a good training ground to go into business if you've played a sport like that or if you've had it tough and scuffled from nothing and made something of yourself. And, you know, that's the that's what it takes. And then there's the desire to want to do it for a person. But back to the team. Um, one thing that I was always 100% resistant to, and because I, I saw it happen in big corporations, was teams inside the main team. And in the shipping business... For for years, it was like two teams, the front end of the boat, the captain and the mates, and the stern at the back end of the boat, the engineers and the oilers and the engineering staff. And it was like neither one existed. If a crane was needed at both, well, there's two separate cranes, and it was out of the same fleet's pocket. So I got to hate the team inside the team and never stood for that. And uh, it's almost like having a, if you're a 49ers fan, having a, Kansas City Chief in your locker room at halftime. Uh, so respect and caring for staff, whether it's one or a hundred, I think is a key ingredient, Jim. Uh, the fewer the number of staff, truly the easier it is. Uh, you you got to remember as well that we humans are, are social creatures and we all want some attention. Every one of us. It's a human basic need attention from someone else. Everyone, our spouse, our friend, our children, our co-workers, we all want some. It can be as, as little as a few minutes 
of your time uh, to hear them listen to what they have to say or their problem. Um, I know that some bosses may have walked through their plants not acknowledging any or many of the team of, of large workforce that was there. Uh, it costs nothing. It costs nothing for a business or a boss to acknowledge his teammates with a smile, uh, but it can be worth a lot. And um, when I was involved with hiring Jim, once we decided on the successful person that was going to be offered the job, at the interview where they accepted the job, I told them that I hoped they retired from our company one day. And I meant it. And many told me later that they'd never been told that at other jobs. I didn't know any other way to see it. And I did hope that. And it happened in many cases. We've got a guy right now with us 55 years. And, uh, uh, but, uh, it, you know, I, I believe that to this day. Um, it's, it's so worth it. And whether it's profit sharing or treating at certain times of the year, whatever, uh, a company does, the big thing is, is to, is to let the whole team know top to bottom, how important they are and appreciated without them. There is no company and there's no profit. And, uh, just like with team sports, it wouldn't exist same in every company so without your team you can't really succeed i know wall street manages to pull it off sometimes but otherwise you should treat them accordingly in my opinion uh, everyone appreciates a thank you or a pat on the back jim and uh that's those comments after the six points of mine but i that's what i truly believe that's what i've lived by and uh, what do you do we have when a lot really of people that up, stay Wayne? a long time. Wait, what do they? What do you do when they really screw up and say cost you ten thousand dollars? Well, that's happened a lot of times. Jeez, that's happened a lot of times in our business, uh, and more and more money. Our insurance is so expensive that our deductible, I think, is fifty thousand on any piece of equipment, uh, loader, crane. We pay the first 50000 so there's no small claims, and it's a fortune. The pollution insurance is a fortune, just a fortune of money. Towing insurance now has gone up uh, 2,500% in the Great Lakes. Nothing went wrong. Nothing happened, but the, it, it, it's uh, up 2,500% insurance to tow in the Great Lakes. We already pay a lot of money at the start of the year, whether we tow that year or not, just to have the insurance. When I say a lot, it's over $100,000 just to play. It's, uh, we're the only company that has this policy, and there's wreck removal insurance involved and all the rest of it. So our insurance tab is, is huge, and, uh, but it's, it's required if you, if, in, our, in our business, if you want to play in the bigger leagues or at least get to the get to the peewee league at least um you know it's what you got to do jim and uh so it was sure a struggle for me a guy who took two and a half years to buy his first lifting device uh, in the scrap business and uh, learning everything the hard way uh in that business it, you know it uh yeah it's a, <laughs> Boy, 
it's quite a story. It almost confuses me sometimes, Jim. <laughs> what confuses you? The, the choreography of it all. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, I did two or three things at the same time as a kid. Filled in part-time at the bar. That's when I stopped sleeping properly. It was way back then. <clears throat> and then that carried through the rest of my life, really. But uh, anyway, it left more hours to do stuff. <laughs> and uh, But they, it's, it's highly recommended people sleep between seven and nine hours a night. Jim, not less and not more. That's what they say. And depending on our individual needs, condition, age, all the rest of it. How do you um, fire someone? How often have you had to fire someone? I have 10 times. First one was a girl that became, she became deputy prime minister of Canada, believe it or not. But she was the only young person, student mostly, that couldn't pass the training program and put the little curly cue on the top of the Dairy Queen ice cream cone and Sundays. She just couldn't get the curly cue. It was the mayor's daughter, too, and a good friend of my dad's. So she went on and became, <laughs> became the vice or the deputy prime minister of Canada. <clears throat> just not good at ice cream cones, that's all. So she was the first. And that was extra bad because her dad was a wonderful man, the mayor of the city. But um, she didn't seem to mind. It was kind of mutual, really. She she was struggling, clearly, and uh, wasn't interested. She went on to better, bigger and better things, Jim. After that, it's happened different times. A couple of uh, superintendents that just went far too far over the line terms of time or uh, time supposed to be spent. So you always have to watch because at the end of the day, no, nobody should get offended about to the, what I'm going to say, but it's certainly common enough. There's enough people that if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. And uh, what starts out, what can start out stealing a few sets of work gloves for the son-in-laws, uh, you know, ends up major theft. <coughs> Excuse me. I've seen it in many industries. Um, <coughs> so any business has to be careful of their own security. That's for sure. We're handling metal that you can put in the back of your pickup truck and drive away with and sell. At a number of places for cash that day. <clears throat> so it's it's competitive, but the staff are just so important. And if you can get that relationship, and listen, there's been some hard news, Jim, over <clears throat> the last 30 years on two different occasions that I have to reduce the staff's wages 10%. <laughs> 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 Excuse me. Management reduced 25%. Excuse me. And I was cut off. I got no wages until we get this <clears throat> turned around. 
pardon me again, with the promise that I would pay them back. We just have to survive. You'll all be paid back in spades. <coughs> and it was six months. And it wasn't worth anybody going to get <coughs> the difference in unemployment because <coughs> they were still working full time, just getting paid less. <coughs> Not one person left. Six months. Crisis was over. <coughs> we made up the money to them. <coughs> Gave them a raise. And, uh, let them know just how much we appreciated them, and we did. So that relationship is special in a family business or a small to medium-sized business. It's a, it's a, it's a precious thing, uh, truly. Way underestimated. I don't think Harvard teaches that, but way underestimated. <laughs> just that state of mind. Smile with your... When I walk through the battery sorting plants... I'm, uh, I say hello to the girls, the ladies, the guys who's ever on a table as I go by. Big smile. They say hello back. A big smile. And, you know, they know we, uh, we care about them. We have, yeah, it, so it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a special relationship that you can have with your crew. You can have it with your, your if you've got a couple of management level people or a few and and uh, some some senior people, superintendents on sites, and managers of a division or whatever. Of course, you're best to treat them well. But then you know everybody underneath them, uh, regardless of how long that chain is, shares in the profit by formula. And some years it added up to nothing. So we. You know, we do some extra things for them in those tough years. In another year, they got thousands of dollars each. And uh, everybody was happy. So it's just, I'm, I'm just stressing the importance. The day of walking around like Adolf Hitler barking out orders in a business is over. And understandably so. Understandably so. Who, who? I don't know, something's going to give if everybody hates the boss. Something's going to give. You're not going to get that extra when you needed it. From our people, we always got the extra when we needed it. We were on a rec job one time, Jim, and they did a movie of it, a video of it, where the, the all-important lift of this sunken wreck, it happened at 1 a.m. in the morning. And the crew had been there since 6 in the, the previous morning. And they're making this uh, very large, heavy lift in the dark. Uh, so, you know, you think we don't appreciate those guys? Those guys got very nice bonuses. Um, and they're as loyal, our staff's as loyal as loyal can be. We, we just really historically don't lose people for some reason. They, they like the team atmosphere and they know that we care about them. So, Key ingredient, in my opinion, whether you have two people in your store working for you or you have 100 out in a, an operation somewhere. Uh, polite, nice, caring. That's the, the smile. That's the order of the day. When someone's not doing their job, you've got to straighten them out, see what you, how you can help them, uh, acknowledge there's a problem, uh, give them another chance. Usually it'll work out, I'd say. 
other times we've had the worker come to us and say, you know, I just can't do it. Uh, uh, I got scared by the torch uh, cutting flashback of the slag, and now it's got me spooked, and I just can't do it. Fair enough. You know, you tried. Uh, so there's a lot of that. People aren't looking for some of these jobs today. So I've always been in the toughest of markets for that, uh, uh, workers at the, at the ground level. And we've got some, some great men and women, I'll tell you, uh, that are just devoted. I have, you know, half the foremen and superintendents grew up around my house as little boys, Jim. So it really is as much like a family company as it can be. And uh, I love them all. And when they know that, you just have a special relationship. There's never been a dispute, ever. And it's a lot of years. So you might as well take the easy way, you know. It may seem like the hard way. It might seem like it costs a few bucks more. But when you can avoid problems, but rather have your staff break behind you 100%. Not quitting and leaving, so you get to train another person, an arduous t- task sometimes, depending on the job, and someone has to train them as another person. <clears throat> so when I told everybody I hope they retire from our companies, I meant it. Perfect. Perfect. And if you want to work till you're 70, sure, you stay on as a contractor. You'd be so smart by then, we can't do without you. So. You know, it's all, uh, it really is, because uh, we're all human beings at the end of the day, Jim. It's like crossing the border. The rules are there, but depends which officer you get as to the time you're going to have there. Depends, depends which booth you go through and who's there. The human element. Always going to be there and everything. So, you do your best job with that, you got the best shot. They'll work extra time, they'll they so badly wanted to succeed in something that they're a part of. Everybody likes a pat on the back, Jim. That is the truth. And it, you never outgrow it. Uh, you know, that's born in and it just never changes. Uh, so important to give those to the kids, the employees, the, the wives and everybody. And to you, Wayne, I appreciate you. You're doing a great job of, but you know, I've, I've told you this in person. You are one of the most important environmentalists out there and doing 99 times what the talkers are doing. So you are the guy out there saving the environment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little piece of it anyway, Jim, a little piece of it, a little piece of it. Should be. It's crazy how easy it would be to adopt safe methods in uh, laying uh, beach in in uh, India and uh, Bangladesh or Chittagong and they're two huge ship breaking countries. Turkey, even where they're they're tying them up and their sterns are waffling in the wind and in the sea. You know, just just implement the you know the one time cost of setting up the yard properly. It's not huge. They've already got a slip there. They've already got the ground there. They already got the water there. So it's not huge. And then uh, implementing some safety and environmental, but that's where the problem starts. See, there's no money in that, Jim. There's no money in the money you spend doing asbestos and cleaning up. In in some countries, they throw it in the ocean. In other countries, India, they had the workers unmasked 
taking the paint chips off the asbestos and bagging it in clear plastic bags for reuse on other vessels and other insulated things like seat containers. So here's a guy sitting there all day at his job, and he's picking apart dry asbestos, picking the paint flecks off it, the paint chips. And uh, so it's a disaster, you know. It's, it's better than it was, but boy, should have happened way sooner and should still be way better than it is today. They pour a little patch of concrete and they think they've solved the, all the problems. That's, A, it's not necessary, and secondly, it's, it's not even where you start. So, however, that's the competition, Jim. So, it is what it is. I can, I can complain to you until I'm blue in the face and it doesn't change a thing. Come tomorrow, for vessels in the Great Lakes, we still have to compete with Turkey. Yep. Wayne, appreciate you being with us this week, and I hope you get back to. Are you headed back to Canada now, or are you staying for a while in Florida? Yeah, I'm staying for a while and then going on a long uh, driving tour, <clears throat> speaking at a couple of places and uh, visiting a couple of customers and friends. Big drive. All right. So I'll be doing some more radio from the car and so forth. But we appreciate anyway, it. thanks, Jim. It was great to be with you. Great to be with you. Likewise. You be safe Thank and we you. will talk to you next week. Okay. You bet. All right. Thank you so much for being with us on the show tomorrow on Friday. You know how I have said, and I'm copying others, of course, that there are riches in the niches. We have a guest tomorrow that exemplifies that more than any others ever. Perhaps she is a book coach coach. That's right. She will take your book coaching business and amplify it. That is tomorrow. But for anyone who wants to write a book, this is really great stuff. And then bioengineer uh, Dustin Baker is with us tomorrow. And also we will play the quick 10 tomorrow. So a bunch of fun on Friday and appreciate you being with us. Have a great day. Until then, be safe and go make a million dollars. Bye now. 